But keep in mind, even if you're drinking herbal teas, they can be dehydrating. Often I've got patients or clients saying, oh, well, I drink herbal tea all day long and that's okay, but you've got to make up for that. So you have to drink a lot more water so you don't get dehydrated. So don't count drinking tea or juices as getting your water intake in because it really doesn't count. Are you tired of spending hours online searching for the next fertility secret? Did you know that there are simple strategies that you can use to increase your chances of becoming pregnant? There are easy steps to work into your daily life and most doctors are not talking about them. Whether you are just getting started or you have been trying to conceive for several years now, this is the podcast for you. Ladies, I'm Dr. Gina Rosella Terranoni and I am happy to be a guide on your fertility journey. For over 20 years now, I have helped over 2,000 women and partners trying to conceive to become pregnant. I can help you to create your family too. This podcast focuses on all things fertility. It will encourage you to take specific actions and boost your fertility health right away. In this podcast, we will cover fertility foods and how to automate your fertility nutrition, how to remove toxins that may be impacting your hormones from your home and your life, and how to schedule regular self-care. We will cover the latest fertility research, how it impacts you, and so much more. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi ladies, come on in. This is Dr. Gina, and we are continuing this episode, starting with fertility foods, looking at healthy carbohydrates that you can add in to your day-to-day. So whether you're at home or if you're on a walk or maybe you're driving to work or somewhere, just listen to this. And then when you have a chance, write down some notes later and hopefully you'll use this information next time you're at the grocery store. We want to have nutrition from every single piece of food that we put into our mouths, especially when you're trying to become pregnant. When you eat, think about exactly what you're putting into your body because it really can be an eye-opener. Ask yourself, what am I getting from this food? Now, obviously no one is perfect, but I find this little trick really helps to curb myself from eating empty foods. Some great bread and carb examples, specifically for fertility, are sweet potatoes, yucca, taro, quinoa. There's so many options. And a lot of them, if you're looking and reading the labels like we all should be doing, are 100% whole grain cereals and some baked goods, but you've got to be careful with that because of all the added sugar. For sake of ease on your digestion, try to eat gluten-free as much as possible when you're trying to conceive. Now, if you have celiac, you have to eat gluten-free. It's always your choice on how you choose to eat. But... If you're trying to become pregnant, I think you're motivated and geared towards doing everything you possibly can to increase your chances of conceiving. So I would lean towards getting gluten-free as much as possible. Now here's, I'll go over another list of starches, breads, and cereals. So we said sweet potatoes, that's really helpful for digestion. And a lot of this information I get from my Chinese medicine background, yucca, taro, arrowroot, tapioca, cassava, amaranth, teff, millet. Also consider buckwheat, quinoa, 
brown wild basmati rice, beans, peas, plus any 100% whole grain cereal for baked goods made from the above or any other gluten-free and allowed ingredients. Again, you've got to be mindful of sugars that are added. And with vegetables, I'm sure you've heard before, and I'll probably say it a bunch more times, eat the rainbow. I'm guilty. I, I eat spinach every morning for breakfast when I eat eggs. And I do try to mix that up. But when eating vegetables, think rich in color and not super high in sugars. Although sometimes it's fine to eat vegetables that are higher in sugar, just as long as it isn't your main vegetable that you eat all the time. For example, carrots are very high in sugar, but they do go a long way. Say if you add two carrots to a soup or stew, that's completely fine. You just don't want to rely on carrots to be your vegetable every day for dinner or for lunch. Consider cruciferous vegetables. They're very helpful with digestion and they keep you regular with bowel movements. So eat a ton of them. And we're talking about kale, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, I probably mentioned this before, but I love making homemade kale chips. You can add a nutritional yeast, a touch of salt, tiny bit of oil, and it's just so delicious. I also recommend collards, radishes, and watercress. But be mindful, if you have IBS or digestive sensitivities, be really careful with broccoli. Sometimes too much of broccoli can create a lot of discomfort. Now, when eating vegetables, let's talk about how to prepare them. We don't want to have them saturated in butter. If it's summertime or warm outside, you can eat them raw. Otherwise, they should be steamed and not steamed to death where they get dingy or that kind of grayish color. Keep your vegetables bright in colors like a light stir fry. That's high heat for very short periods of time, maybe two minutes or so. And also, soups and stews are a great way to eat. It's easy on your digestion, and I find it helps me to eat a ton of vegetables this way. This, again, is based on a lot of Chinese medicine where we say do not eat raw foods. There's different theories on this. So ultimately, it's your decision. But especially if you have digestive issues, especially after meals, you definitely want to start cooking your food and then your absorption will be higher and the concentration will be higher of nutrients and it won't just be passing through. So think about that. There's a lot to be said about that. Now let's look at fruits. Always eat fruits unsweetened. They are sweet enough. If you go to the grocery store and you get dried fruits, especially, they tend to add in sulfur as well. So be mindful of that. They tend to add in sulfur and sugar and you don't need that. If you want dehydrated fruits, then get a dehydrator or do it in the oven on low heat and make your own. They're all, it's always going to be healthier when you make it. Many fruits are high in antioxidants, all berries. So think blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, huckleberries. Oh, I love huckleberries. I used to live in Montana and it was huckleberry everything, everywhere you went. And there were just stands all over the roads. And that was my, one of my favorite things about living up there. Other fruits that are really healthy are apples. So if you do have digestive issues, a good way to eat apples is to cook them or bake them. And you can also have applesauce because even though that's kept in the refrigerator, it's already cooked down. So it's much easier on your digestion. Also plums and apricots are great too. 
And make sure you aren't allergic to strawberries or raspberries as some folks are allergic to them. When I lived in Santa Cruz in California, I was actually finishing up my program there for acupuncture and Chinese medicine a really long time ago, over 20 years ago. And they had the best farmer's market strawberries where you would just get flats of strawberries. And I was eating them every day, at least once a day. And I can tell you that I developed a really strong allergy to strawberries. I can eat them now, but I was getting hives and my throat was getting swollen. So if we overeat the same foods, just know that sometimes your body will give you a, a little feedback on maybe you overdid it. Buying frozen fruits is fine. Again, just read the label and make sure they haven't added sugar. They usually don't with frozen and they can be a lot more affordable, especially when you're buying organic. Be cautious with canned fruits. I always recommend that you buy frozen above canned if you can't get fresh fruit. And try to always eat fruits that are in season. Now, the thing with cans is that the actual can can be toxic. And also they tend to add a lot of syrup or sugars in canned vegetables and canned fruit. So always be mindful of that. Let's move on to broths and soups. Depending on the time of year, it's a great way to nourish your blood and even your soul. And even in the summertime, it's a really good idea to eat broths and soups. I always say this, especially with women, if you've got any kind of hormone imbalance or if you've got menstrual discomfort, but also especially trying to get pregnant, we want to keep things as easy as possible on your digestive system. And this is just such a great way to get a lot of vegetables in, but also a nice way to start helping your body to break them down easier. So think bone broth, vegetable broths, chicken broth. Clear soups that are homemade with veggie or chicken or bone broth based Use those, but not too high in sodium. Again, homemade is best. So if you're using bones from a chicken that you've cooked recently, or you can get bones from the butcher and clear, when we say clear, that means no cheese or no cream sauces. Definitely don't want to do that. That's a pretty big burden on your digestion. And that can create some, when we say it clogs things up, it can create mucus or phlegm and dampness in the body, and that can really impact the flow of blood and oxygen in all of your systems. So keep things simple and easy. It is a great idea to have a cup or a bowl of broth or soup before eating raw vegetables, even in the summertime. This will help your digestion, which can be pretty stressed with some raw foods. Again, it definitely depends on the person how much raw food you can eat. And in the winter, if you absolutely have to have a salad, eat it after you eat your warm foods. That is the best approach, hands down. Now, when we're talking about beverages, drink water. Again, we're trying to keep things as simple as possible, but if you're not getting enough water, you really can create issues throughout your body. So get into the habit if you need to start charting water, how much you're drinking, but ideally you will drink half of your body weight in water every single day. You will notice how good it feels and it definitely trickles and impacts your overall health, but also your fertility health. They also have these really cool bottles now where they track how much water you've been drinking. So however you need to do it, 
I'm a visual. So I literally like right now I'm looking at my desk and I have a giant bottle. It's like a, I don't know what it, I think it's a 30 or 32 ounce bottle that I carry and don't drink out of plastic. So other options for beverages are unsweetened, freshly prepared vegetable juices from the loud vegetables that we already talked about. Fruit juices you can do as long as they're low in sugar. And what I recommend doing if you're craving some vegetable or fruit juice is to cut it with purified water, filtered water. And you could use a third of a cup of juice and then mix it with the rest water. Do something like that. Just so if you need to get a little bit of flavor, do it that way. And you can also look at drinking caffeine-free or citrus-free herbal tea. But keep in mind, even if you're drinking herbal teas, they can be dehydrating. Often I've got patients or clients saying, oh, I drink herbal tea all day long. And that's okay, but you've got to make up for that. So you have to drink a lot more water so you don't get dehydrated. So don't count drinking tea or juices as getting your water intake in because it really doesn't count. Definitely no alcohol while you are trying to conceive. Let's keep your body focused on nourishment and not having to deal with filtering out extra toxins and releasing those from your body. It's just another burden. So let's keep it easy. I already talked about this, but just kind of a reminder about not dehydrating yourself by drinking too much tea, even if it's herbal tea. Next, let's look at fats, oils, and nuts. There are so many choices when it comes to fats and oils and nuts. And they are not all equal regarding safety when cooking, as well as the nutrition you will get from eating them. I absolutely would keep an eye if you're having any kind of itchiness or even bloating or gas that can be created by specific nuts that maybe your body just doesn't agree with. So I, again, recommend having a food journal just so you can start to get used to which foods you feel good on. I mentioned this a little bit before, but cooking with oils that are not carcinogenic with high heat, I did come across research that says olive oil is fine with heat. Now, for so long, I haven't been using olive oil to cook. I usually will add it into my sauces or vegetables or salads after they're prepared. So you kind of have to look at that. And I am going to keep an eye on research with that. But why risk it? I mean, there's other oils that are proven to, to be able to do high heat. And some of those are canola, avocado oil is so good, coconut and ghee. Those are some other really good options. And sweeteners, let's talk about sweeteners in food. Sweeteners are habit forming. So it will take just a little bit of time to adjust your flavor cravings. And once you start eating healthier and more routine and make it more of a lifestyle, you'll see that your taste buds start to change. So some sweeteners that I would recommend, and you can try, everybody's got different taste buds and different things that that taste good to you. Small amounts of local honey, and local honey can help with allergies too. So I would focus on that. Stevia can be added as liquid, or you can get it in dry leaf form, or you can, I grow it in my hydroponic little garden I've got. Um, Xylitol, some people as tolerated, it can be a little bit tricky with digestive issues. I use Thrive. That's where I use, I order online for my food. And they have, actually, I think I've seen it in Whole Foods now too, in Vitamin Cottage. They have a product called Sorve that's made from vegetables and fruits. And I love that. And it bakes really well too. Okay, let's talk about condiments. And 
This is a big one because this can be something that will enhance food, but also it can wreck the nutrition. So be mindful of that. You can be eating the healthiest thing, but if you dump a bunch of condiments on there that have sugar and creams, then it kind of defeats the purpose of eating really healthy. They can be pretty sneaky and delicious, but definitely check and see what you're eating. I like to use fresh herbs if you can. If not, then get the dried. Basil, cayenne, caraway, chives, cinnamon, curry, dill, dry mustard, garlic, ginger, marjoram, mint, nutmeg, parsley, poppy seeds, savory, tarragon, turmeric, and then sea salts in small amounts. All of these things can be really helpful when you add them and cook them in with food. Again, if you're thinking like ketchups or mayonnaises, there are healthier versions now. You really just have to read the labels. It's almost a disservice of how big that wall is of condiments in the grocery store because there are so many different types and some of them are much healthier than others. It can be a lot of information, but I really hope that these episodes that are focused on fertility foods are helpful. And you don't have to eat everything that I mention, but definitely make notes of things that you like. And I have charts that I use with patients and clients. And so basically you've got your little zone of proteins or carbs and veggies, carbs and fruits, carb grains, fats, herbs, and spices. And basically what I do is just fill the whole lot of proteins of all the healthy proteins that are good for fertility that we mentioned. Um, Wild caught salmon is like one of the best fish. And if you eat meats, chicken and pork, minimal beef and buffalo, but it's a good amount of iron in there. So it can be a good idea. Eggs, if you can tolerate, if you don't have allergies, I won't go through everything, but you just pick one or two of those from the protein section. And then you're like, okay, what kind of vegetables do I want to have? Because a lot of times, a lot of the questions I get is, what should I be eating? And I think we overcomplicate it. You just pick your protein, pick your healthy carb or two. I like to have one or two vegetables and then maybe the quote unquote dessert can be fresh fruit. And then you can have your carb grains. And like I said, drizzling on fats or if you're cooking using like avocado oil and then always using some yummy herb or spice when you're cooking or just adding that fresh on top. I also really love to use microgreens and sprouts either on a sandwich or over vegetables, but I don't cook them. I just cut them and sprinkle them on top for an added nutrition boost. There's a lot of things that you can do and really with coming from a Chinese medicine background and looking at nourishing blood, moving oxygen and preventing blood stasis in the body so you can have proper circulation for fertility. All of these tips that I've talked about are helpful to support you in that way. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and we'll continue moving forward to the next episode, looking at specific foods that are an absolute must to buy organic. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Fertility Footprints podcast today. Are you craving more fertility tips and tools? Do you want to go much deeper and learn how to become pregnant faster with a lot more details and strategies? I've got a special gift for you. 
Right now, you can get seven days of free access to my members-only private podcast. Sign up now and I will send you my Fertility Footprints audiobook, yours to keep completely for free. Head to the show notes to sign up, get access, and start listening today.